2: Connect to more.
0: Welcome back to Nuwana's is Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Colton Duana. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana joining me in studio. Missed anything in the first hour of the show. We talked about all the variety of head coaching openings and then uh, fillings of those openings around the Big Sky Conference. Also talked a little bit about the All-League Awards uh, for the football that just came out uh, from spring football from the Big Sky Conference. At the Garden City Spotlight featuring Craig Mettler, the head track coach from the Missoula Sentinel track and field program. And also do a little trivia, a little fun you know, with some baseball as well. If you want to find anything in the first hour of the show, all you have to do is go uh, find it on the podcast. Any of your podcasting platforms work. Just search N-U-A-N-E-Z or as Now, whatever you prefer. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. You can also go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com, and click on the podcast tab. podcast proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, The Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Blackfoot Communications Usually, right now, top of the hour on Wednesday, we do the ESPN Roundtable, but Sean's got to get out of here in a little bit here, so we're going to switch the show around a little bit, and we're going to now talk about uh, his Grizz golf feature that he did um, last week and then that that debuted during halftime of the Grizz football game on Saturday. So before we get into uh, just sort of the, the the extra layers of this, we're just going to play this. This is, this is the sound from the Grizz golf story that Sean put together for SWX Montana Television.
1: It's a perfect spring day in Missoula. Snow-capped mountains, yet clear on the course. And the 10-player Grizz golf team is all smiles as they soak up the afternoon practice. (laughs) On the surface, everything appears normal, but the last few years have been anything but. And to tell their story, we have to go back to the spring of 2018, when Kalispell native Tegan Avery was diagnosed with thyroid cancer.
3: I mean, it was definitely difficult as a 20-year-old to hear that you have the big C. So it it was really scary to me and I don't think I knew how to process it fully. I also didn't know anybody else who was 20 and had cancer.
1: Those on the team didn't know many their age with cancer either.
2: It's definitely a scary moment like hearing that your teammate has cancer. I mean that's terrifying.
1: <laughs> After the fall season Tegan had successful surgery and over the course of the next year she started going to counseling and getting herself 100% healthy both mentally and physically after the difficult year. Little did she know, the worst was yet to come.
3: The day that um, I got the news about my dad, I was thinking like, things are going well. Things are going so well. And of course, that was the worst day of my life.
1: Tegan's dad, Jared, had committed suicide.
3: I wish that I didn't go through either of those experiences, but, I do have amazing people around me that have helped me work through them, and I just hope to turn those experiences into learning lessons for other people, so that they don't have to go through the same things.
1: Unfortunately, those learning lessons would be put to the test after what was thought to be a core injury to one of her teammates turned out to be much more.
4: We kind of got Teagan back healthy, and Kyla was in in gray area in terms of what was going on, and then. We found out later that spring what was going on, and it was another shock.
1: In the spring of 2020, Loyola grad Kylie Esch was diagnosed with cancer as well. Synovial sarcoma, a rare soft tissue cancer.
2: It was like stressful and overwhelming and shocking like all at the same time.
1: At this point, 20% of the team has now had cancer.
2: It's
3: definitely a shock. Um, And to have two (laughs) in a row, it kind of put a little bit of like everyone had that thought of like, holy crap, like it's <laughs> two now.
1: Kylie, who was Montana's number one golfer at the time, immediately started treatment, which meant surgery, chemo, and radiation with the hopes of getting back out on the course, which wasn't a guarantee
2: during chemo when I couldn't even take a lap around the hospital floor without getting tired. And just like thinking in that moment, like I used to be of someone who could play 36 holes and walk 36 holes, which is like 12 to 15 miles. And now I can't even make it around this lap in the hospital. So that was definitely really emotional.
1: But Kylie battled through and played in her first tournament this spring.
4: It was joyous to see him back playing, absolutely. and then you hope they get to play as well as they were playing prior to the health issues. And
1: just when they thought they it's were in the clearing days, now Zula, Brooklyn Zula, Van Bebber's
4: cap mount started having clear on the course. It the ten-player Riz golf team is all smiles as they soak up the, the afternoon Finally, uh, got it checked out a little further, and she ended up having a, a peach-sized tumor in her hip.
1: A desmoid fibromatosis tumor. While it's benign, it poses a severe challenge for Brooklyn.
3: Along with pain, I have limited movement with uh, it. Like, I can't move my legs certain ways, uh, which is kind of <laughs> sucky for golf, especially.
1: For the Grizz golf team, it looks like bad things really do
4: come in threes.
1: <laughs>
3: Almost like a curse. <laughs> um, but uh, hopefully, the curse is lifted after three. <laughs>
4: you know, you start thinking you have a little black cloud following your program. And I, I think they, and I also feel like you should be given a, a break, you know, by life at some point.
1: Right now a break for them is getting out on the course their safe place playing the sport they love which has also provided them life lessons
4: I feel like they've all had really good approaches to what they've dealt with and, and how they've used golf to help heal It's been a good distraction and a lot of with a lot of them to just have something to go take their mind off with what they're dealing with.
3: you can only control how you approach your next shot you can't control what you just did on the last shot. You can't control how your competitors are playing. You can only control what you do. And that has helped me in life to recognize I can only control how I respond to getting cancer, how I respond to my dad killing himself. And I've just tried to respond as best as I know how.
1: Despite all the adversity, all the hardships, the team is grateful, grateful they have each other.
2: But it definitely made me think like, Like things happen for a reason and I was just so blessed that all three of us were able to help and support each other. Our team is just full
3: of amazing girls and led by an outstanding coach. And I'm just so grateful to have him leading us and to have him be such a good human being. Having him care as much as he does has really helped all of us get through these situations and Stay in college and stay on the golf team and be our best
5: selves.
0: Grizz! <laughs> wow, that was really good, man. Um, Nuwana's now, one tonight, ESPN, Missoula, SWX, Montana Television A Feature done by Sean Rainey, who's joining me in studio about the Grizz golf team. Really thought-provoking in terms of how much sports do matter to people. And, and also... I thought that the line about um, golf, and I think that's why you and I both enjoy golf too, is it really does teach you so much about indiv- like little things about life. You can only control your next shot. That's it. You can't control how the other people are playing. You can't rewind the past. You got to get over it. You can't control the future. Only You can only concentrate on the now. It's one of the best parts about golf, but that was, uh, that was a great story, man. Uh, I mean... I think the thing that we love about doing this too is that we learn from these people too. We learn from our subjects so much. So what did you learn from doing this story?
1: Well, first off, it's just—I uh, I don't think I've ever covered a, a single team that is just like like news after news after news like that. Like there have been other teams where like one event sure uh, impacts all everybody. You know whether it's like a you know everyone's in a bus and they all and it gets in an accident or something like that. But like as far as like you get terrible news. You think you're in the clear and then you get terrible news again. Think you're in the clear, you get it again. Like it's just been, um, I I mean, like they said, like kind of a black cloud. It makes you like, you're just like kind of feel like you're almost walking on eggshells. But when I was out there at practice, like you would have had no idea of Mm -hmm. what they had been going through. Like they were out there, everybody's smiling. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's out on the course. Like, um, so that was like, you know, pretty inspiring. And the fact that like, I mean, I think you and I can attest to this. We get a little mad, a little bit angry out on the course sometimes. Yeah. you know, not gonna yeah. lie. Um, and uh, and they don't and like they're pretty good as far as like, but that's just because of everything that they've gone through, and they just feel very fortunate to be out on the course again. And so, you know, when I was talking to some of them, they're like, "Oh yeah, I used to get like really really mad on the course, and now like it just you know it's put everything into perspective." And so if I hit a terrible shot, like wow, I hit a terrible shot. Like <laughs> I I was, you know, like Kylie said, when I was in the hospital room, I didn't think that I would be able to walk that many holes again. Cause I walked around the room and I got tired, you know? So mm-hmm. it just, you know, it puts everything into perspective. I think I've gotten a lot more chilled out on the course since becoming a dad. Sure. Um, and so, it, it just, uh, it's just, it's pretty inspirational that they're all out there and fighting through it all. And um, they're wrapping up the Big Side Conference Championships uh, today, the third round. They're playing a really tough course in Oregon. I know, Kylie Esch was in the top 20 after the first round and playing pretty well. Um, it's just, and then you have the whole added part onto it where like, look, this is a college program. And you are, you know, you want results and you're expected to compete. And they all want to do that and they all want to become the players that they were before all of this, but it's just so hard, you know, and everything's, you know, with everything going on. And so I think they're, they're ready to get back to some normalcy. And we talk about that with the pandemic, you know, like imagine also going through all of that with the pandemic. So like, there's been a lot going on and, and hopefully, um, you know, they can all get back healthy, get it behind them. But that's the thing is like, it's just, you never are, you know, every three months, you have the scans and you have to check and can you imagine like it's like every three months and you're like anxious about getting that news of the cancer might be back or you know things like that and so it's just um that's something that you have to you know live with forever now and it's just uh it's tough and uh you know kudos to them
0: they'll have an unbreakable bond to be sure no matter what and i think that that's it's so indicative of why sports are important across the board, particularly on a college campus because they bring people from all sorts of different areas and backgrounds together and winning and selling tickets and, and igniting the crowd and all that stuff it's fun and that's good and that's a good part about it. but also when, the, when these schools are contemplating you know cutting sports or dropping down or whatever, this is a, a, a story of tragedy. But it's also a story of perseverance, and you wouldn't get those sorts of stories if you don't have sports. And these girls wouldn't have crossed paths, and like, it sucks that they all had to go through it together, but it's also honestly like a blessing that they got to go through it together, because who else can relate to to each other like they can?
1: And if they didn't have golf to look forward to at the end of the tunnel, like going through chemo and all of that would have been a lot more difficult like when I talked to Kylie it was just like sure. yeah I knew that like hey I wanted it to start it immediately and I wanted to battle this head on because I wanted to get back out on the course and compete because I only have the handful of years that I have to be a student athlete and so like if you're just an athlete or a student you don't have that to look forward to like that's just another you know motivating factor that you don't have so
0: is now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Sean Rainey joining me, Colter Nuanes, SABX Montana Television as well. Sean's got to get out of here, so we're going to take a break. On the other side, ESPN Roundtable featuring Montana State head football coach Brent Vegan. His team wraps up spring ball with the Sunny Hall and Spring Classic on Saturday in Bozeman. We'll fill you in on everything to watch from that action right after this on the ESPN Roundtable. Keep it right here, 102.9 ESPN. Hey, welcome back. Nuanas now. I'm Coulter Nuanas, broadcasting to you live on 1029 ESPN, Missoula. Statewide television, SWX Montana TV, as you heard there in the Sports Center. A couple pieces of breaking news there from yesterday. Bryson and Braden Deming, a couple twin brothers from Billings West High School. They're redshirt uh, juniors for the Grizz football team. They are into the NCAA transfer portal. As graduate transfers, I'm hearing that they uh, they, they are earning their degrees and they just uh, the academic things that they need to do for their, their future. We're just not available at Montana. I know that coming out of high school, they both explored going to medical school, so maybe that's what's in the cards for uh, the Deming Twins. Also Trace Latexier in the transfer portal as well. Talented kid out of Boulder who was a a good, actually a great high school football and basketball player, one of Class B's best, and uh, looked like he was going to be a breakout star coming into uh, his redshirt freshman year, and then he blew his knee, and he's never quite been the same physically after that, so uh, he has one year of eligibility remaining. So maybe he goes plays the Frontier somewhere like that. We'll see. But uh, best of luck to all three of those guys. It won't be the first. I think we'll see a lot of Ross moving, as Coach Alk mentioned, after the spring game on uh, Saturday against Portland State. They're bringing in about 40 guys in the fall. So there's going to be some more guys that depart, whether it's uh, moving on with their lives or transferring or whatever it might be. So we'll keep you apprised of all that good stuff. Grizz football is in the books for now, till, till September 4th of the upcoming fall. Montana State, they have one more showcase for the spring. It'll be the first showcase, full showcase, that is, of new head coach Brent Vegan. So I'm heading over to Bozeman on Saturday for the Sunny Hall and Spring Classic. And just quickly, here's what I'm going to have my eyes on. I think there's a lot of different points of intrigue for Montana State uh, this spring football. But first and foremost, the quarterbacks. I think that coming out of fall... Uh, Matt McKay, when Jeff Cho was still head coach at Montana State, Matt McKay seemed to uh, be the front runner, at least to be the starting quarterback at Montana State. But now it seems like Casey Bauman, talented six foot seven, two hundred forty pounder out of Western Washington. Yeah, he he's really pushing Matt McKay, and uh, all returns that I've heard from practices that he has really really uh, upped his level of play. He's got great potential. He's got tremendous arm talent. He's a big strong guy with you can really run. But it sounds like. He's really taken to Brent Vegan's coaching. He's really taken to the scheme. And uh, so we'll see. Maybe he can push Matt McKay for the starting uh, quarterback job. The other things I'm going to be watching for Montana State, who can emerge as receivers because they've recruited really well at the position, but they've had a lot of guys enter. They've had a lot of guys leave the program because they just, quite frankly, weren't satisfied with the opportunities because Montana State was just running the ball so much during the Choate era. And then they would only throw it really to Travis Johnson and Kevin Cassis. So uh, I think they have some young guys on their team that have not had opportunities really, and uh, who's the ones that step up? Who's the ones that break out? Same thing with the tight ends. Can they actually have real contributions in the tight ends other than just as as extra blockers in the run game? Who's emerging as the the running backs behind Isaiah Fonse? I don't think if will get very many snaps on Saturday, if any at all. But I do think that Demarius Hosey, Elijah Elliott, Shane Perry, Lane Sumner, all those guys are talented. Sumner and Perry have game reps from last year, whereas—and Hosey got a few uh, before maintaining his red shirt. Elliott has not had any official game reps yet, so this will be kind of his last dress rehearsal before then battling for some significant time in the rotation in the fall And then on the defensive side, I'm just so interested to see how everybody's picking up the scheme change because they have a lot of guys playing in a lot of new positions. So how's Amandre Williams looking as a true defensive end, not a buck end? How is... Troy Anderson looking. I, I don't think Abondre Williams or Troy Anderson or Chase Benson are going to play. So that would be sort of disappointing not get to see the headliners for the Bobcat defense. But we will be fun to see some of the guys that can provide some depth. Because as we know, you're going to need those guys as the season progresses. Some of them, all of them sometimes. Uh, so we'll see how that all plays out as well. But I think they need to find uh, two more corners to, to go alongside Tyrell Thomas. They have some young players there at corner. With a lot of talent, guys like Tyler Bohannon and Eric Zambrano, uh, Lavelle Price Jr., who can emerge? That's that's my biggest question there. At safety, Ty Okada is a proven commodity. I'm not sure how many reps he's going to get on Saturday. Ryland Ort from his Sentinel has been a guy that's been rising up and has been being talked about quite a bit uh, internally. But he's not going to play in the, in the scrimmage on Saturday as well. So a lot of guys are going to be out, but then that's going to give us an opportunity to see a lot of guys uh, who maybe haven't uh, been on display very much. Uh, over the last little while, especially since Montana State, like a lot of teams, have not played since December of 2019. Bobcats looking to capitalize and build upon what was an outstanding 2019 season that saw them go to the Final Four in the FCS playoffs for the first time in 35 years. I caught up with Brett Vegan, new head coach of Montana State, for the ESPN Roundtable earlier this week. ESPN Roundtable, uh, the spring game will be on SWX Montana, just as we are every single day here on Nuanas Now. And uh, if you want to go check out the Sunny Holland Spring Classic, head on down to Paradise Falls in Missoula. They have a great uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner menu. 18 draft beers, 30 big screen TVs. You can place your bets there, too. Sports Bet Montana kiosk there. So you can do it via the app or via the, the live kiosk as well. So there's a lot of baseball and NBA and stuff going on. So if you want to throw down some bets on the pro sports while watching some of the college sports, head on down to Paradise Falls in Missoula. Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Proud presenter of the ESPN Roundtable. Well, happy now. Welcome in Montana State head football coach Brent Vegan to the ESPN Roundtable. He's been on this show, Nuana is now a couple times, but his debut on the ESPN Roundtable, that's because Montana State has a real live spring football game on Saturday. So coach, let's start there. When you hear, wow, you guys actually get to take the field. I know it's an inter-squad scrimmage, but still an actual event at a football stadium where people can come watch. So what are your feelings heading into Saturday?
5: Well, excited for guys. guys. Um, it's been a long time. You know, they had practice in the fall and, and they played in front of an empty stadium in their fall scrimmage. Um, so you got to go all the way back to, to 19, um, December 19, you know, in front of play, as far as playing in front of players and certainly or in front of fans and certainly playing in front of fans here, here in Bozeman at Bobcat Stadium. So it's exciting. You know, I, I know when we started talking about having a spring, you know, like we have and have a spring game, uh, we were crossing our fingers that we could be in this scenario where it could become an event. Um, and I think it is, I think it'll be that for our guys. I think it'll be a crowd that is into the, into the action. So for a lot of our guys, whether they got here and redshirted at 19 or they got here in 20 and haven't been part of a game, um, at the very least, it'll give them, um, the feeling of what it's like to have to perform in front of fans.
0: That's one element I've been thinking about is the guys that that came in and then would have would have been redshirts, but then haven't had to use any eligibility whatsoever over these last eighteen months. So, do you feel like that could be some sort of an advantage just in terms of their development? Because it seems like now you maybe have redshirt freshmen that are maybe two a couple years older and more physically developed.
5: Yeah, for sure. I, I think you got to recognize that everybody's in the same situation, though. It's, so it's 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 certainly an advantage relative to where guys maybe would have been. Physically before they had to step on the field, but i I would suspect all you know we'll have most of our opponents will have similar type situations, but you know I, I think uh, you know the development phase and that's that's going back to you know really our guys coming back to Bozeman back in the middle of June last year has kind of been ongoing, and there's been some breaks in the action as far as uh, when they practiced or when they thought they were preparing for spring, but you know I think our guys have developed. Um, and that's that's up and down the roster. So you know, anxious to get them out there on Saturday, but then also kind of set the set the standard for each individual on what we need to see from them in the summer, so that even come August we have a, a different looking outfit as well.
0: Is that a, a high priority then on Saturday? Is just uh, kind of seeing where each guy is at, so then you can give them a definitive: Hey, here's where you are. Here's what your role is, and here's what we need from you coming coming in, uh, into this offseason, into the fall.
5: Yeah, I think I think you you set a Jeff chart out of out of spring ball as if you're going to play next week. Um, I think guys need to know where they stand. Um, I think guys that have earned maybe starting positions at that point um, maybe understand why they why they do why they've earned that, but then also what they need to do to maintain that. And guys that are maybe in a backup role, um, you know, understand why they're in that position, what they need to do to change their their situation. And if they're, they're kind of even out of that realm, the too deep, um, again, what what things, you know, if it is something that can be gained from a strength and conditioning perspective over the course of the summer, if it's something specific, uh, from a technique perspective at any one position, yeah, I think it's important that those guys, you know, each and every one of the guys on our team get feedback of where they're at and where they stand. And, you know, they have a, you know, really three months in front of us now before we hit the practice field again in August, uh, you know, to continue to change and evolve.
0: Montana State head football coach Brent Vegan joining us here on Nuanas now. It's the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. And, coach, you mentioned just. Uh the development that might happen after this spring game Uh, we've talked a lot about your staff and and largely retained from the previous regime but a couple new coordinators in the fold but i want to ask you about the strength and conditioning coaches particularly sean heron because he was a guy that was hired uh only a couple months before you were hired so uh what's that dynamic like and uh how much will you lean on him now to put together um sort of the off season program that you need going forward uh, moving into the fall
5: well, I think much like any one of our position coaches, um, John's level of expertise is in that strength and conditioning, um, realm. And I've been really, really pleased with him. I, I know he, you know, from a full-time perspective as the director of, you know, football strength and conditioning, you know, get, stepped in that role and in December had been part of the program more uh, as a supplemental position for, for several years. But I, I think he's really, uh, He's got, a, he's got a good feel for our guys. You know, I think from a strength and conditioning perspective, there's a lot of different ways to go about um, uh, programming, um, but but been pleased with his approach there. You know, I think he's, he's really good communicating with our guys. Um, you know, summer for him will be, you know, his real first cycle. I, I, the winter was sort of that, but uh, it was – you know, initially it was hey, let's prepare over the next three weeks to get us to play, and then it kind of transitioned, and then I came in, and there was a transition with the head coaching pers- from a head coaching perspective. So, you know, really the first couple months um, of him being on the job was was all over the map. So uh, I am anxious to, uh, you know, I guess turn the keys over to him, so to speak, this summer and let him run with it because you know the, the impact of a strength and conditioning program, in particular that that director of that program is tremendous. Um, the time spent, you know, with coach Heron and his staff is, is ultimately greater, um, over the course of the year than it is with position coaches. And, and, and you know, um, I think the confidence gain in that, the strength room, um, the ability transformed in that strength room, um, you know, that collectively adds up, um, you know quite a bit if it's done right, and so far I really feel good about what Sean's you know what bring he brings to the table as far as his work ethic and level of expertise, and I look forward to that to continue to be on display when we we get going this summer.
0: When it comes to just the implementation and uh, subsequent ev- evolution of your schemes these last four, five, six weeks. So I'll start with the offense. Taylor House, called the offensive plays now as the offensive coordinator. How closely does the things that he is doing in his offensive philosophies align with what you have done in the past since you have been an offensive coordinator for so long? And what would be the biggest points of evaluation from that standpoint on Saturday?
5: Well, I think, I think for me evaluating, um, I guess Taylor, I guess it's a, you know, that's a whole five, five week process, um, you know, uh, but I do feel like to your initial point. Um, you know, his thoughts offensively align very, very closely to mine, and, and you know, I think there'll be a quite a bit of overlap um, with how that's implemented. Um, you know, come the fall, I, 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 I certainly want him to be, you know, his own his own man and all that, and not feel like I'm looking over his shoulder. But I want to be able to you know, certainly help them out. And I I know the Saturday and how the game rolls out, you know, we'll be, you know, just based on, you know, I think person personnel, as much as anything, um, it will be pretty simple. You know, I think the biggest thing on, on Saturday is, you know, who can go out there and, and block and tackle, who can get off blocks, who can make a play with the ball in the air. Um, you know, from a running back perspective, who can make a guy miss. I think you pare down the schemes a little bit for a game like an opportunity like this, just see who can go out and play. And, you know, we'll have a, you know, a number of guys out there that, you know, there's a fair chance they won't be in our, um, too deep maybe when we get to the fall, but it's important that those guys continue to grow. And, you know, um, uh, young guys that, uh, are just finding their way, you know, whether that's, uh, within the schemes or even within their own physical development. So, you know, um, I'm not going to hold the results of Saturday necessarily against Taylor by any means or really get uh, too excited one way or the other. But I, I, you know, have been very pleased with his work over the course of the last five weeks. And, you know, um, uh, he's, I guess, everything that I had hoped for as far as how he's implemented um, the schemes and how he's, uh, he's led our guys to this point.
0: Brent Vegan joining us, Montana State football coach. His team engages in the Sonny Holland Classic spring game on Saturday in Bozeman. Coach, let's talk about the other side of the ball. Defensively, I think that Montana State, you guys return a bunch of really talented players on that side of the ball. Uh, A a scheme tweak to be sure to go from a, a... Odd man front and a more traditional 4-3. So a two-part question. What sort of progress have you seen uh, just in your guys being able to pick up the new things that you're running, and what will be your primary evaluation points on that side of the ball?
5: Well, I've been pleased with our progress. I, I think um, both understanding the scheme and our growth fundamentally. And I think, you know, come Saturday, again, probably pared down um, – you know, we, we have le- more guys out on the defensive side of the ball right now from a short-term injury perspective. So, again, I make it about, um, you know, guys just being able to play ball. You know, not so make it so compl- complicated or certainly game plan-like from a, from a defensive perspective, but, you know, obviously from a, you know, Coach Banks and the staff, put guys in position, and now let's see who can go make plays, who can get off blocks, who can, who can t- tackle the football, um, and who can maybe make a play on the ball when it's up in the air. So, you know, I think, uh, again, that's a five-week-long five, five week long evaluation of where we're at. Um, you know, not as many guys out there on Saturday that will be playing in games maybe in the fall than that we've liked, but that's that's part of the progress. You know, I told the guys the other day, is, you know, and the only way to get better at football is to practice and play football, to play 11 man on 11 man football. And you gotta, you, there's some, there are some consequences that go with that. Um, you have to be able to go live every once in a while. And, you know, we've suffered a few, uh, again, short-term injuries that will keep guys, um, off the field. And we're protecting a few guys as well on, on Saturday. But, uh, you know, we've been pleased with our progress and, you know, there's, there's still plenty to evaluate, um, again, just individually, who can go out there and make some plays.
0: Position battle-wise, I think that's one of the most uh, interesting parts of spring football at at any time, and I think that there are some good uh, question marks on the defensive side of the ball at Montana State. So let's start with the defensive line. Obviously, Amandre Williams and and Chase Benson stalwarts, but uh, who else have you seen sort of rise to the occasion that you've liked their play? Because I know there's going to be some maybe less known faces that are required to step up on uh, that side of the ball in the defensive front.
5: Yeah, I you know, I certainly would start with Chase Amandre. neither of them will be on the field on, on Saturday, but uh you know, we're counting on them big time in the fall. Um Daniel Har- Hardy is 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 the one guy that I think is has played some. You know, he backed up um Troy and he backed up Amandre, kind of backed up two spots back in nineteen, was a uh, was a real good special teams player, but it, you know, he's physically developed um quite a bit since then, you know, and, and he's You know, a guy that that has a constant motor um, playing that defensive end position and, you know, really pleased with his progress. Um, I know a young guy that hasn't been on the field, Sebastian Valdez, is a a guy that's, I think, had a really good um, spring as far as his growth, Um, you know, and and he'll fit into the mix uh, to some degree next fall. Um, You know, I know Kyle Rigg is a guy that's that's played and and will count on the interior. So, you know, we got we got a ways to go there, just fortifying our depth. Um, you know, it's been the position group that's that's been hit hardest from an injury perspective, but uh we're on our way. Coach Howe's doing a um a real good job with, with that group and you know, even the guys that when they're not out there getting reps, I think just understanding what what we're trying to accomplish with the new uh the new front and you know, uh while a work in progress I've been pleased with the direction we're heading.
0: And on the back end, several uh, standout safeties from last year's team graduated, a couple corners uh, either graduated or departed the program in the offseason as well. So secondary, a, a big point of evaluation as well. So um, what have you liked out of that group, and who are you watching on Saturday there?
5: Well, it's Ty Ocotta and Tyrell Thomas are the two that have played the most football. Um, again, two guys that won't be out there on Saturday, but you know, feel good about um, – what they've been able to accomplish uh, learning this spring. You know, I think guys that will be on the field on Saturday, I think that will certainly be impactful in the fall. In the fall. Um, Jeffrey Manning, who was a transfer from Oregon State uh, between the 19 and 20 season, um, we have penciled in right now as a free safety, but brings some flexibility. Uh, Saturday or Saturday will be a, a great opportunity for him to continue to, to grow um, and for us to evaluate him. Uh, James Campbell was a young man that's been here for a while, but it started at the receiver side is playing a corner. Um, appreciated his growth, um, through this spring, you know, um, and I think it's a group, uh, when you look at our, our safeties, our corners, our nickel that, uh, that has a bunch of ability, you know, Ryland Orts, a young man out of Missoula that, um, you know, he won't be out there on Saturday, but had a heck of a scrimmage, um, last week. And his, his continued growth has been, uh, uh, very impressive uh, for a young man that hasn't been, you know, on the field much, uh, you know, been pleased with him. And, you know, Eric Sembrano. I know, has played a little bit um, like where he's at. Again, we'll be out on the field uh, this Saturday. But, you know, I think we got some good depth there. I think we 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 certainly lack game experience collectively. Um, but there's competition. You know, I think guys are really having to, you know, um, get out there and compete for their time. And I think that's been apparent and, and you know our growth is is ongoing there, but I you know, I think we certainly like the the ability and direction we're heading. Brent Vegan joining us, head coach for Montana State.
0: And the football team takes the field for the Sunny Holland spring game on Saturday in Bozeman. And, uh, Coach, probably the biggest position group that everybody's going to watch is the one that football fans across the country gravitate towards the most. That's the quarterback spot. And so I've only been able to catch you guys practice a couple times here this spring. I'm really excited to watch everybody on Saturday. But I've been hearing that uh, pretty good strides being made by Casey Baum. And so, first of all, start with him. What sort of growth have you seen in him? And what do you think of just his talent level and uh, maybe the potential that he has?
5: Yeah, I'm uh, very impressed with Casey's uh, talent, potential. Um, you know, he's I think he's growing uh, quite a bit in the, the four weeks leading up to this week. Um, still has to learn to get rid of the ball. He did suffer from a broken rib. Uh, again, another short-term deal uh, on Saturday, so he'll be out this this coming Saturday. But I'm pleased with his growth. I, I think he's a guy that... Um, you know, possesses a lot of God given given the talent, um, great size. I think athleticism, and he's going to be a guy we continue to work with because I, I, you know, I, I think he, you know, he played a little bit at the beginning of that nineteen season, and it probably didn't go exactly how he wanted to. But you know, we're on the way on the other side of all that experience, and you know, pleased with just the way he's approached this this spring, and excited about what he can do. Um, you know, I think all five guys bring something different to the table. Um, you know, Matt mckay was you know likely anointed the starter i guess back in the fall so to speak um but he's he's had to come in and earn it on a daily basis and while matt hasn't been perfect he's still growing himself um you know certainly pleased with his ability to throw the ball i think i think he's known certainly more for his athleticism and you know he's continued to make strides every day and Tucker um, has a, a wealth of experience behind him and it's apparent that, you know, he's a smart player that can get some things done um, and, and has done that on Saturdays. Um, you know, both the young men from Montana, uh, Blake Thielen and Tommy Blatt, um you know, they'll be out there on Saturday and it's it's tough to rep five guys, uh, you know, a huge volume amount of reps. Um, so So those two have kind of Suffered a little bit from that, but, you know, been been pleased as young players um, about their growth within what we're doing. And, and, you know, I think for them, really excited for their opportunity to go out there on Saturday and see what they can do.
0: Coach, I asked you this uh, last week on our weekly Zoom, but I'll ask it again. because I do think it's an interesting point. Uh, obviously, just evaluating position battles internally is... Sort of status quo. I mean, you've coached football for a long time, so I, I think it's probably pretty not simple, but uh, linear to see you know how guys fit in within their own position groups within the fabric of your own team. But when do you start evaluating then how those guys maybe fit in to position groups around the league, or how how your defensive line stacks up on a big sky or FCS level, et cetera? I mean, at what, at what point do you start looking beyond just the internal and trying to project the external?
5: Yeah, I think that's a, a real valid question. I, I think while some of these teams have played in the spring, I, I think we've we've caught glimpses here and there, but by no means have we been in any kind of game planning mode. Um, I know when we get time, when we get through, you know, some spring ball evaluation and, and some dedicated recruiting time in May, you know, we'll we'll shift gears uh, to the fall. Um, certainly preparing for fall camp, but then. You know, taking a look at our first couple non-conference opponents, but then also, you know, those uh, those conference opponents that that are going to come up, and you know, uh, I think that's when you'll get a better feel for, you know, how do we match up. I know both staffs, you know, when they first got here back in February, you know, I think t- took a, a broad look at things to to make sure we had our bases covered as we headed, you know, just from a spring plan perspective. Um, for instance, I know for us at Wyoming, we had to deal with. Air Force every year. So you had to have your own uh, dedicated time to defend the triple option. I know we don't have an outlier like that necessarily in the league, but there's different teams that do different things. And, you know, you want to have packages on both sides of the football that will be able to combat that. So uh, while we've taken kind of the initial stages, we'll dive a, a little bit deeper to that into that, I guess, when we get to June.
0: Coach, last question for you. Then, I mean, what what are the goals for Saturday? What do you hope to get out of this, and uh, what will be? What will? How will you use this as sort of a launching point into the summer, into the off season?
5: Well, I think I think number one, we we accomplished the goal in getting fans there. I, I think that was a, a, a like again across your fingers um, thought back in back in March. I think just the fact that our guys will be able to you know put in position where they have to perform that's uh, during the day, but let's just say with the lights on, you know, when you get fans in there, um, you know, in the, th- you know, the thousands, you know, it's, it's a little bit more real. It's certainly not the pack stadium that we'll hopefully play in front of, um, in the fall, but it's a step in that direction. So that was kind of cool. Number one. And I, I think beyond that, um, you know, obviously to stay, stay healthy, we've had our fair share of, of, you know, nicks here and there that have, it will keep some guys out, but to, to maintain, um, you know, our health at a certain level for sure. And then just go out there and play clean. And I, you know, um, I think clean football is, you know, where you're not drawing uh, silly penalties. Um, you're protecting the football on offense, you're tackling on defense. Um, you know, and I think just, you know, you want a competitive environment, you know, and we're, we're maybe a little lopsided in our health, certainly to the offensive side right now, but, um, you know, you want a, want a guy, want a situation where guys have to step up, and you when you're keeping score and there's time on the clock, it tends to happen a little bit more um, than it, it does in a, just a normal scrimmage environment.
0: Brent Vegan, Montana State head football coach, Sunny Hall and Classic, Saturday in Bozeman. Coach, we appreciate you taking so much time. Thanks so much, and we'll catch up with you on Saturday.
5: All right, Colter, appreciate it. There
0: you go, Brent Vegan, head coach of the Montana State Bobcats. They wrap up spring drills with the Sunny Holland and Spring Classic on Saturday, Bobcat Stadium. About twenty five hundred people are gonna be allowed to attend. So I'll see what the attendance is like. I mean, not the five thousand the Montana was granted this last week. But it's also not a game against a a different opponent. So I mean I've been covering these things for about ten years now at Montana State. That's about what would go no matter what, COVID aside. Is just um 2,500 people. I think that's about about right. Quick kidding. Some of the players I'll be watching, and like, like Brent Vegan said, there are a lot of guys going to be out. So maybe I don't, I'm not sure about some of these guys. He, he did mention by name some of the guys that will be out, some of the veteran guys, but a couple guys that I'm going to have my eye on on Saturday, uh, pending that they play. Tabari Sozzi, running back. I uh, was a redshirt freshman. Eric Zambrano, cornerback, who's a sophomore and expected to fight for a starting job. James Campbell, who's played wide receiver for most of his Bobcat career, but is now playing defensive back. And he was running with the ones the last time I was there. So I'd be interested to see how James Campbell's making that transition. Charles Brown, uh, he's been out of spring ball, so I don't know if he's going to be playing or not, but he's a freshman. He graduated early from high school, so he's actually been at Montana State for even longer than his classmates. But uh, great returns. I mean, Jeff Trout was saying he was one one of, if not the fastest guys on the team. So, Be interested to see how that element adds into Montana State's offense. Jeffrey Manning, safety. He's a transfer from Oregon State. Of course, Casey Bobbin, quarterback. Definitely interested in both he and Matt McKay at the quarterback position. Tyler Bohannon, who's another cornerback. He's a redshirt freshman. Nate Stewart is a transfer from Akron, who I've been hearing a lot of good things about. I hear he's the real deal. He's a fifth-year senior and so a wide receiver, so we'll see what sort of contribution he can make. I was impressed with Devin Davis. Uh, True freshman corner last time I was there. I thought he has good talent. He runs well. Um, So I'll have my eye on him as well. Brody Greeby is a kid from Melstone, Montana, who really uh, blossomed physically in his year at prep school, which then earned him a full ride to Montana State. He was not practicing last time I was there, but we'll see if he gets any action. But he's a guy that I think is really intriguing. Jaden Smith. Uh, big wide receiver on the outside is somebody I'm definitely going to be watching. Jahari Martin running back uh, who could be Montana State's short yardage carry guy or maybe switches back over to defense, who knows. But he's a guy I think they got to get on the field. He's very much like Levi Janikaro at Montana where when you got guys that are built like that that are just big and strong and tough, you just got to get them on the field somewhere, somehow, some way. Uh, a couple other guys from Montana State that I'm going to be Watching uh, the, the special teams um, is an interesting fold for both Montana and Montana state. Both of them are going to have new special teams, batteries and uh, Montana state. Uh, Bryce Layton was an all American high school, American punter out of Camas, Washington. So uh, how, how solid is he? What's his returns? Like Luke Pollock is one of the kickers. That's in the mix as is Blake Glessner. So a couple uh, freshmen that'll be in the mix there for the specialist duties at Montana state. Um, Brett Vegan mentioned him, but Sebastian Valdez, highly recruited guy, a guy that uh, Jeff Choate was really high on, as well as Byron Howitt, former Montana State defensive line coach. So, um, And then, of course, all the guys up front on the defensive line as well. A lot of young players that should be getting elevated opportunities and a lot of elevated reps. Guys like Valdez, guys like Blake Schmidt, those guys are both from the same high school in San Diego, uh, ironically. Marcus Ware was a guy that I know that coming out of last fall that Jeff Choate was high on, so we'll see how he's uh, progressing. Michael Jobman, a former inside linebacker, he's back to playing with his hand in the dirt as he heads into his senior year from Huntley Project. Brian Rollins from Missoula Sentinel. There's another guy that I think is going to be leaned on heavily. Bo Eaton, a walk-on from Glendive, who was running with the ones and the twos last time I was there. And then Ben Seymour, who's a sophomore. He's a junior college transfer from the College of the Canyon. So a whole bunch of guys I'm going to have my eye on. I'm not sure how many of those guys, if most or all or any, are going to be playing. But um, regardless, thanks to Brent Vegan for joining us on the ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Paradise Falls has 30 big-screen TVs, 18 draft beers, Breakfast, lunch, dinner, great place to take your family, great great place to take your friends. Whatever you're in the mix for, Paradise Falls has got you covered. Head on down to Paradise Falls at 3621 Brook Street, Missoula's coolest hotspot. We'll wrap things up on the other side. Keep it right here. Nuwana now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. Sometimes the old bumpers sneak in, the old rejoins, they just sneak in the rotation. It's not too tall, Nuanas. That's what the show was, but uh, not anymore. It's Nuanas now. Welcome back in Two Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula, statewide television on SWX Montana TV. If you saw me munching on uh, some pretzels during the uh, last recorded segment, it was Dots Pretzels. Thanks so much to Bruce Barnum for an ungodly amount of dots that he gave to myself and uh, for me to share with a whole bunch of people. So if you win prizes here on ESPN, don't be surprised if you get a little bonus bag of dots. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear